Welcome back to Yang Daily. I'll be your host, Alex Cheney, bringing you all the Yang news you need to live your life right. Sorry for the wait on this one, but it'll be a nice, beefy episode for you. There was a lot more research involved than anticipated. We're finally getting around to the space race topic, and this was my first time digging into that industry, so it took a few hours to gather up all the pertinent facts and organize them. I know I said this episode would cover a lot of topics, and I did include a lot of shorter stuff, I promise. But I did find the space section particularly fascinating. Let's see what you make of it. Quick shout out to our tier three patrons, Shay Meehan and Nathan Stankowski, as well as all our other patrons. You keep us all informed and engaged. If any of you out there want to join these advocates of humanity first and independent journalism, head on over to patreon.com slash yangdaily. It would only take a couple of bucks a month from each listener to keep this podcast and community going and growing into the future. Now on to the news. In response to the Delta surge, the Biden administration has set requirements for federal employees and contractors to take weekly tests, wear masks, social distance, and limit travel at work if they are not vaccinated, although the military has yet to be included in that. Visitors and aides in the Capitol must also be masked at all times in the building. Hostility between Democrat and Republican legislators is reportedly quite high over this issue, with many GOP members throwing hissy fits and alleging against all evidence that the threat is not significant and that this is just a ploy by Democrats to maintain a pandemic state, which doesn't even make sense. It's very much in Democrats' interest for this to end since they're in power. Pandemics are not good for approval ratings, surprisingly. The CDC director has said there will be no federal mandate for Americans to get a COVID vaccine. New York City, on the other hand, has launched their digital vaccine passports, which can be used to easily prove vaccination status or show negative test results at businesses which require it. For now, it is voluntary. However, de Blasio announced that the city will soon require proof of vaccination for restaurants, fitness centers, and indoor entertainment facilities beginning mid-August, though it won't be fully enforced until September. As I've said before, there's nothing particularly outrageous about any of this. Outlawing reckless spreading of a virus is little different from outlawing drunk driving. It's entirely consistent with our other laws that you are not allowed to put other people in undue danger by your actions or inaction. Freedom from undue harm by others is one of the most important freedoms in society. We've required vaccinations at schools, hospitals, and for international travel for a long time. Just as you're forced to follow safety rules if you want to drive a car on public roads, in some cases you need to take the precaution of being vaccinated if you want to be around other people in certain public settings. All that is happening here is a new vaccine is being added to the list and the mandate is being expanded to more establishments while we're in the pandemic. It is reasonable to argue what public venues should be covered by it and even how much the vaccine protects against transmission. But those freaking out as though this is something new and radical have lost perspective and their arguments mostly consist of slippery slope logical fallacies or misinformation about the safety of the vaccines. Anti-vaxxers love to cite the public side effect reporting databases as though they are empirical studies when in reality they are nothing more than random people saying whatever they want, relating whatever symptoms to the vaccines with no evidence. The exact same way that the anti-vax movement got started in the first place. People have medical problems all the time with or without vaccines. Just because one happened shortly after getting a vaccine doesn't necessarily mean it was caused by the vaccine. 
establishing causation requires looking at statistical differences between vaccinated and unvaccinated groups. And to this date, scientists have not been able to find any compelling evidence that the vaccines cause anything more than minor temporary symptoms, except, of course, in the people who are allergic. Point being, these vaccine mandates are an expansion of very old policy and principles aimed at protecting the right to not be harmed by others. Speaking of COVID, Biden proposed a $30 billion item in his infrastructure plan to, among other things, replenish medical stockpiles, proactively develop vaccines for major types of viruses, and ensure that the U.S. has a permanent production base of face masks and respirators. These are all measures that health experts have recommended to avoid being caught flat-footed by the next pandemic. According to an anonymous source, that funding is being cut in order to reduce the price tag on the reconciliation package to get, you guessed it, conservatives like Manchin on board. So much for learning lessons. I'm sure the next virus will appreciate that head start. On to the main event, SpaceX's Starship, the rocket made for rapid reusable travel between Earth and Mars, was fully assembled for the first time a few days ago. Including its booster rocket, Starship is the world's tallest rocket at about 400 feet. That's a third taller than the Statue of Liberty, for reference. And has the greatest cargo capacity at 1,100 cubic meters of volume and over 100 metric tons of lift. That lift comes from 41 Raptor engines, which also provides enormous redundancy. Starship is designed to move cargo to space for as cheaply as possible, which is vital for Musk's ultimate ambition of colonizing Mars. SpaceX intends to send Starship on her first orbital test flight later this year, and it won the NASA contract for the next mission to the moon, scheduled for 2024, easily beating out competitors, including Bezos Blue Origin. In fact, Bezos thought there would be two contracts for that moon mission and tried hard to lobby the government to pay his own company as well, but to no avail. When they found out there would be only one contract, Jeff said Blue Origin would have lowered the price if they had known, which is basically admitting that he tried to gouge taxpayers. For the record, SpaceX offered to do the mission at half the price of Blue Origin, $3 billion versus Blue Origin's 6 On that note, some might ask why SpaceX is worth reporting on when I didn't even talk about Jeff and Branson's jaunts to space just a few weeks ago. Simply put, only one of those companies is likely to change the world. Branson and Bezos, whose bebop band I assume would be named the Brazos, got a lot of media attention for their trips to space and a lot of hate for being billionaires, but all they really did was go to the edge of space and back down. In Branson's case, not even in a rocket, just a special plane. Looking at the company goals, Virgin Galactic's only near-term goal is to do more of the same, taking rich people on suborbital joyrides in a plane to the tune of a quarter million per passenger, and I'm not interested. They say they may pursue transcontinental very high-speed transport, which could have some value. In the long term, they say they might go for space hotels, which would still be rich people tourism, but might at least produce useful byproducts for humanity in the process of solving new problems, as NASA's missions did. Blue Origin's near term looks the same, though they are using half-reusable rockets instead of planes. They might also do missions to orbit or to the moon. Jeff's long-term goal is, well, both ambitious and, I don't want to say stupid, so, his ultimate goal is to move manufacturing into space so as to spare the Earth from harm 
and build cities in space. So yeah, the cost efficiency of shipping construction materials into space, overcoming the obstacles of constructing and operating a factory in negligible gravity and a vacuum, and constantly shuttling materials in and products back down seems, let's go with not practical. And each factory constantly running a shuttle up and down seems like it would do quite the opposite of saving the Earth. To be frank, I'm sure there's some way this isn't stupid, but I'm not seeing it. Has he considered the problem of getting rid of a factory's rate of heat in a vacuum where there's no air to transmit it away from the building? I'm just not feeling like any of this is really well thought out. I could be wrong. Either way, it's not happening remotely soon. SpaceX has the goal of establishing cheap, rapid, fully reusable space transport between Earth, orbital stations, the Moon, and Mars, as well as transorbital travel across the Earth in less than half an hour. They're also creating a global internet satellite network for high-speed, low-latency internet access everywhere on Earth. Now these are goals I can get behind. Establishing a road to Mars and the Moon will allow humanity to spread to another planet, mitigating humanity's risk of extinction dramatically, and producing many offshoot discoveries in the process. Low-cost, extremely fast travel across the globe has obvious benefits for commerce and tourism, and universal quality internet access is a huge deal for the millions of people who lack access or quality now, including on ships, planes, etc., and for those being horribly extorted by local ISP monopolies that charge very high prices for very poor service. If we look at what each company has accomplished so far, the difference is even more stark. All three companies were founded within a few years of each other in the early 2000s, but SpaceX has launched 127 rockets, most to orbit and reused, versus Blue Origin has launched just 23 times, so one-fifth as much, and all of those suborbital and less reusable, and Virgin Galactic has flown 58 times suborbitally. That is pretty much the end of the accomplishments list for Blue Origin and Virgin Galactic. SpaceX, on the other hand, has also successfully delivered cargo and crew autonomously to and from the ISS, the International Space Station, not the terrorist group, produced 100 Raptor engines, produced massively more cost-efficient transport than any competitor. For reference, NASA estimated they'd have to spend 10 times as much as SpaceX did to develop a rocket comparable to Falcon 9, meaning $4 billion versus SpaceX's $0.4 billion. SpaceX broke the monopolies of ULA and Ariane space for launching commercial and military satellites, took the U.S. from 0% to 70% of the global commercial launch market, developed fully reusable rockets that can autonomously land on ground or on likewise autonomous drone ships, launched over 1,500 Starlink satellites, or roughly half of all humanity's satellites, with plans for 42,000 more in the near future, has 90,000 Starlink customers and are aiming for 500,000 next year, has achieved internet latency and speed on par with wired broadband, with plans for 20 millisecond latency and 10 gigabit per second download speed. That would be about 67 times faster than the current global average. That's all with a subscription of $100 a month. For reference, some people are getting fleeced by monopolies right now for as much as three times that cost to get as little as 2% of Starlink's current speed.
FYI, the reason for the low latency and huge number of satellites is that Starlink satellites orbit just 500 kilometers above the Earth versus 36,000 kilometers for most geosynchronous satellites, meaning 72 times less latency, but requiring many more satellites to maintain line of sight to all parts of the Earth. So, yeah, safe to say SpaceX has accomplished just a tad more than the competition. They're also planning to reach Mars around 2025. So the way I see it, Jeff and Richie can have their joyrides. I'll be watching Elon's crew for actual progress. This level of innovation comes from having an engineer as CEO, being unafraid of trial and error, designing from first principles, and having a mission worth working for. It's why Tesla and SpaceX are the two manufacturing companies in the world that inspire me and so many others. Now, all of that is a lot of information I know, so I packed it into a thread for you to refer to and share with others. It is a fascinating industry. Moving on to UBI, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about an upcoming vote on a basic income pilot for Alexandria. Well, a couple of days ago, the city council approved it. They've allocated $3 million from their American Rescue Plan funds to the pilot. Details are not yet set, but the current plan is $500 a month with no restrictions on spending to 150 Alexandria households for two years. It is expected to start this November. And finally, the Basic Income Earth Congress is coming up fast. It begins August 18th, lasting through the 21st, and will focus on the practical challenges to making UBI a reality. Sign up at the link below. And don't forget that the annual Basic Income March is also coming up in September. If your city doesn't have an event planned yet, start one up and get it on the map. You don't want to miss this. And that'll do it for today's Yang Daily. Bookmark and share the COVID restrictions thread, the pandemic preparedness budget cuts, the Alexandria pilot, the basic income march and Congress, and the space race thread, flood Congress with calls, tweets, faxes, and letters using the resist bot or income movement easy contacts below. If you need help, consult Humanity Forward, the Income Movement Aid Database, the Mission Asset Fund, or United Way. And don't forget, to Yang Daily.